Hello and welcome back to Parenting Unpacked Season 2. Hi Siobhan. Hello, we're back. We are. We are back and ready. We didn't actually intend to wrap Season 1 when we did and I did get in trouble by Siobhan for not telling her we were wrapping. (laughs) Um, But... Here we are. We're back. I look, Siobhan, I'm I'm still very sorry about that, but um, I, I burnt out because if you guys didn't know, I conned Siobhan into this podcast. It's true. Under the law of I would do all of the work, um, and Siobhan would just show up and have chats with me, and like that's what I wanted. Yeah, which is um, an unfair like distribution of labor, but I'm cool with that because we went in with our eyes open. But as a result, Kristen, who has a full time job is a content creator with over half a million followers and bites off more than she can chew at the best of time. I mean, this is a personality trait of yours. Look, um, it's it's a toxic trait, but it, it's who I am um, and that's okay. Uh, but I was, I was um, being realistic with myself. Yeah, I was just like, I give up. Um, so we wrapped season one without telling anyone, especially my co-host Siobhan. <laughs> Um, and then <laughs> it's all good. And then she found out that we wrapped because I put a message up on the Parenting Unpacked podcast page. Look, did I do some things wrong? Absolutely. Am I am I am I am I willing to take the blame and to know that it was wrong? Absolutely. Also, I do this often. Um, we're all about uh being honest and transparent here. There's no ego. There's no bravado. There's just um I got a little bit overwhelmed and and now we're here. We're back. We've um onboarded a wonderful volunteer producer because we make no money on this podcast um so our wonderful ellen is sitting backstage right now listening to us yammer on probably dreading the fact that she agreed to produce this podcast by editing it so we're going to try and do our best to not make ellen do any editing um more than she already has to which works in our typical style is to just talk nonsense and keep it all in so that works very well um absolutely yeah for sure but yeah basically we had a quick break because life is hard and gets too much and we had (laughs) lots of international travel and trips and planning and things um as is the way that we do things we figure it out as we go along yes and I'm actually really surprised that we ended up coming back I don't know why I genuinely thought it was done and not in a bad way like I was like cool we gave it (laughs) we gave it a solid shot um, we gave it like 25 episodes. Like the fact that we got to 25 was very impressive. We ran from September to May. Like that is, we ran over Christmas. <laughs> I know. We're a bit silly, but yes, we enjoy it. We are. Other people seem to enjoy it. Mm. Yes, this is true. And content creation is just kind of in our blood at this point. Like you content create, I content create. We, you, you sensory play create. Like that's a fun time. Mm. But I wonder mm-hmm. like, do you feel that hmm. the content creation side of things, I feel like it's so similar to academia. It's just literally better and mm. faster and mm-hmm. there's no paywall. I mean, no, I mean, there is a paywall no... for some people, but yeah. what we do, yeah. this is no paywall. Like we just yeah. really, cause yeah. Anyway, in terms of academia, you're constantly thinking about how am I going to present the story the re- mm-hmm. research is a story and it's by nature of mm-hmm. being having humans involved there's um a lens or a bias and so you're trying to be mm-hmm. like who am i what story am i trying to tell who am i trying to tell it to how do i best convey it which is the same as content creation it quite literally is i have used a lot of the skills that i um learned during my phd and through stimuli creation things like that um in my content creation i did not learn how to do satire and humor <laughs> in my academic um research I did learn how to do it when I was teaching though yes. um so yeah a career in academia has really set me up for a career in content creation so there you have it folks if you'd like to become a successful content creator all you need to do is go into a PhD in psychology <laughs> super simple Easy. absolutely not there's a much easier way to do it and there's a lot more people that are far more successful than we um that don't have Mm, the cumulative two decades of ed- of of higher education. So who's um, the smartest one yeah. there, right? Not so us. yeah, don't listen to us. Go listen to somebody else. Anyway, <laughs> this is already unhinged, um, but that's okay. It's it is vibe. all right. Like 
That's I think that's every parent's vibe though. If you're not mm. unhinged, like you're lying. Um, <laughs> you're just you're presenting the highlight reel. There's, Maybe, we know there's an unhinged person under there. Some people have chill kids and they're chill people. They're, those people aren't us. But no, they're unicorns. You know how we talk about the, like the babies that sleep through the night from like three months old. Yeah, they're the same kind of unicorns as the people that just happen to be chill that don't seem to have this underlying note of anxiety, <laughs> just like constantly oscillating beneath their skin. No, am I wrong? <laughs> well, I, I know it's. Oh, I was having this conversation with my husband the other day, and I was saying, I'm like, aren't you worried about insert twelve things here? <laughs> and, and he said, no, because it'll happen or it won't. I was like, oh. Mm. But look, you can spend beautiful. that. You can spend that in between time, just like tying yourself in knots, and that gives you something to do. Yeah, it really does. I mean, we, who, like, who? We need things to do, guys. We're not busy enough, so of <laughs> course we need to occupy our brain with fears and anxieties. Of course. Mm. I mean, it's really nice that you have a husband that likes to bring you back down to earth. My husband, on the other hand, has other things. I don't even think about being a problem that he thinks oh. about as being a problem. So we just wind each other up. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, my poor kid, she's growing up in a very tightly wound household, but that's okay because we're working on it. Oh, and she'll find her own things to get wound up about. That's the beauty of being a person. Oh, she's already tightly wound. She's the reason that we're tightly tighter wound. Yeah, More look. Yes. So here's the thing. Recently, she's been asking for a baby brother and sister. Ah, Timo too. I just, I can't. I, I, the good thing mm. is she doesn't get to decide. No. So that helps. Yeah, but it's really cute when she asks oh, and then we have to then we have to sit down with her and go, okay, here's all the things that would happen if there was a baby sibling. Um she's not like it's that very unhappy. She's not no, but every, that every time we explain it to her or the clincher, we explain to her that the new baby will get my milk, even though she has now fully weaned, that is not okay. She just yeah. starts pretending to be a baby and I'm like, okay. I'm glad I'm glad I've talked you off that cliff because it's still not happening for years, if at all. Yes, yes. Mm. So Timo's been asking um, for a baby. Recent is baby sister. He's very adamant that he needs a sister. Okay. Um, again, he doesn't get to decide, nor do I. No. Um, so, no, I think it's just a... Wait, did you also, say you don't get to decide? I don't get to decide if it's a boy or a girl. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant you and don't get to decide. And technically I don't get to decide. Well, I also don't. That's the beauty of... Not beauty, uh, I guess, but that's, I don't get to decide whether it happens. I mean, to, to some degree, you get to make a decision about whether you would like to have another child and whether you remove precautions. That is um, true. But as to when the, whether or not it actually happens, that's. Yeah, sure. Like, it depends what level of, like, literalness we're talking about here. But, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Yes, you no, have no. more. Um, <laughs> here we are talking. Yes, no. So we, we've decided that we do want another child. Oh, um, good God. Or, I have decided. Alex is still on the fence and regularly goes. We've had this conversation before. Yes. It's the same update as like a year ago. Pretty much. And that's kind of how the last year has been. Um, Mm. No. So, yeah, if it happens, it happens and it'll be terrible in its own special way. Oh, Um, it's going to be fucked. Yeah. That's that's kind of the nature of of, um, child rearing, it appears. It really Um, is. Except I want, do you know what would be better? Although I'm Mm -hmm. sure so. This ties back into our thing. Mm, okay. I kind of fantasize of like, well, if I just had a bajillion dollars and nannies and cleaners, but then I'd find my own things to get stressed about. Mm, also, I'd like, find a way. would you hand your child, your, your newborn child, over to a nanny? Because I, like, I thought I could with my first yeah. one, and I couldn't let her go for like nine months. <laughs> yeah, but also you know, like, you had perinatal anxiety, like you were pregnant mm. and severely anxious. Mm. So mm. hopefully. Mm. Yes. Like that. I mean, anyway. Yes. Um, but no, I, 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 I think I could, well, it oh depends, depends, right. In yes. terms of nanny is like, I wouldn't do, it wouldn't be a full-time nanny. Like it's not like I'd just be like, here, see you. I mean, that'd nanny. be nice. Like, no, <laughs> give it back to me when they're too. Nice. <laughs> no, because then you've just like ruined your body, not ruined, changed your body mm. for none of the, ben- like those mm. baby smiles, even though everything yeah. else is terrible. Look, I'm like, st- I'm starting to see the logic in the Kardashians and the surrogacy and the way they've done oh, it. Like, mm. yeah. Although I'm pretty sure doesn't Kim have endometriosis or something? Yeah, like she, she had a reason for it. Um, sure, absolutely, sorry, as in like not just, um, um, not just. <laughs> but I can definitely, as someone who absolutely wouldn't do it, I can see why people would do it. Um, oh yeah, 
Of course. I'm still still very undecided. Like we have put a line in the sand, which is like at five years we're considering it and not until then. Mm. And we haven't changed our mind on that. Me, cool. nor my husband, none of us. We are not, we're not making a decision until she is five. And that's more because of her. Um, she needs a lot of support. She needs a lot of our attention and our focus. And we don't know what kind of kid she's going to be, especially if she inherits some of my genetics. Um, so we'll wait until she's five. And if things are smoother sailing, perhaps it'll be on the cards. Perhaps it won't because if like she's chill, but I'm not. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. That's yeah. my thought pattern. It's so funny. Like before I had kids, I very much assumed that people had a say in things more. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, if you just decide that you want to have children X years apart and then you do that. And if you had children <laughs> five years apart or two years apart, it's because that's what you decided. Um, mm-hmm. Which is so naive. So, so very naive because for a lot of people, like they're either their bodies don't decide or their children need more time or oh, it could be anything or it could be that they have to get them closer together because their biological clock seems to be telling them to. Like there are so yeah. many things that can go chaotic in the whole multiple children scenario. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who do decide that it'll happen this way and it does and obviously oh, vice versa. For them. Mm. For sure. But that's, it's just, it's such a wild thing how we, we, as humans pretend that we have control over things. Mm, That's why religion exists because humans hate randomness. So we like to attribute it to some kind of um, reason. And when we can't attribute to a reason, we attribute it to some kind of spiritual belief. Um, I always, I bring that in a lot. I feel like this is not the first time I've talked about the fact that religion exists. You've done done lots of lectures on religion, right? Uh, Yeah, I've done some. I'm pretty sure the irony, I'm pretty sure my lectures are still being used um, at UQ because uh, I've had. I was going to ask you this. <laughs> yeah. I was saying I've had to, students slide was... into my DMs yeah. <laughs> saying, you're my lecturer at UQ. And I'm like, I'm not. Um, I'm but not. Nice to, <laughs> nice Do to you hear think like they're being students. used as guest lectures perhaps? They are. Yeah. But like there's a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know how many they're actually you using, like, because I can't tell. I mean, I guess technically it's all, it's all the university's IP, but still, you would have yeah. thought. I know. I but we should get royalties. Doing... Oh, don't be silly. It's the University of Queensland. I know, Queensland. but, like, if like this is a new way of, like, teaching. Um, oh. And it's, like, I feel like royalties might actually need to be a thing because people are going to create content for a university and then, like, they're not going to have their contract renewed and then all of a sudden the university doesn't need that lecturer for, like, five years before they need to update the content. And it all seems a bit dodgy. So, like, I feel like it's there's going to be a union dodgy. thing. Yeah. because like supremely dodgy. But by the time the union, <clears throat> like, goes through all the legalese to get it sorted, like, yes. Sorry, I'm being really yeah. cynical um you universities are. that's okay but, but it's the university like I anyway I actually have a question <laughs> I mean that's why you left academia that's true <laughs> I, I'm gonna ask you a question that you're probably not gonna answer do mm. um do you so I'm not jaded against our university that we studied at, at particularly mm-hmm. I just think it's a big sandstone university which mm-hmm. is the Australian equivalent of an Ivy League university yeah. Yeah. that um, just milks their students and their staff for everything they can get because um, that's how that works. Um, and they do lots of good work, but mm-hmm. they're not, they're just, they're a corporation in the true mm. sense of, and all that negativity that can go along with it is yeah. there and present. Do you feel that your current university is different? <laughs> um, no. Feel free to not answer that. I will not answer that on air because um although I do not link my institution (laughs) to my to my to my content creation accounts um it is very easy to find out where I work and I will remain impartial and I can talk about um different institutions offline I am so sorry to everyone that's listening to this but that is um a line in the sand I have to draw I think for legal reasonable. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, it's <laughs> completely reasonable. Um, I'm just asking because I'm curious, but I can obviously talk to you. So Lordy for those Lordy. of you who don't know, a lot of the time these podcasts are just <laughs> me and Tristan catching up. 
um, and chatting. Uh, So you do get behind the scenes, but thankfully Kristen is um, clever enough hmm. to not answer questions that can get her in trouble or fired. Oh, most of the time. We'll see. I've been I, I've been practicing a lot at this. I think oh, about I was, it a lot. I was at the say, moment, have you gotten in trouble before? Um, no. I've actually not gotten in trouble at either institution because I've worked at both institutions since being a viral content creator. Um someone did try to get me fired early on in my content yes, creation journey. That. Um, but like my boss at the time was just like, mm, we don't care what they do in their personal time. Please take it up with that person, not us. Um, and that was really nice. Um, so yeah, I, um, it's, I'm, I'm really enjoying where I am. I am having a lot of fun. I'm getting a lot of work done, um, which That's is good. amazing. It's nice to have a bit of a change of scenery and be close to home. Um, because my old institution was over an hour from home. This one's about 15 minutes. So it's a completely different lifestyle. So that's nice. Um, But it's an institution that doesn't have a early cognitive development lab. So I'm really starting Uh, from scratch there. Yeah, I know. It's been interesting. Are you you building a lab or are you? I am slowly. No, no, I am. I am. Mm, I am trying to convince lots of people to join me and to like build a database. And I'm like luring them in with the promise of the fact that I know how to build databases. I know how to run successful cognitive development labs. I know how to make relationships with um, public entities like museums to try and get funding uh, to get, uh, you know, research stuff that ways. I'm doing lots of things, which is, you know, not completely surprising to anyone that knows me. I like to do all of the things all of the time. Um, I just love that like 10 years ago, we talked about, you're like, I'm going to go to this university. I'm going to start a child development lab and I'm going to do this and this. And I was like, that sounds awesome. That Um, wasn't 10 years ago. It was 2018. It was at at the International Society for Behavioral Development. Um, I think that sounds right. Yeah. I don't do numbers. That's why you help me with my stats. And so like, but the thing is, I told Siobhan that we were going to go to this university and create our own baby lab. Um, And instead Siobhan left academia and now I have to do it alone. (laughs) So thanks Siobhan. Um, (laughs) But that's okay because I will build that lab with other people who are very fun. Um, And I will support you. I'm happy where I am right now. But not with labor. (laughs) Um, or intellectual <laughs> stuff. I mean, I'm happy to chat about you know it. What, I'm loving what I'm doing at the moment. I'm really loving it. You know what we can do is that what? during your play groups, when you eventually end up with like a space where you have like play groups like every day, I don't know, you're going to have like some fancy institution with play groups. I'm going to be like, can I conduct research at your play groups? And you'll be like, yeah, sweet. You can have a research room. And it's going to that be amazing. That would be so cool. Imagine the collab. I, um, <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I um, run at the moment, I do um, sensory play experiences at daycare centers. So I, so lots of daycare centers have people that come in and do yoga for the kids or music classes. And I do sensory play for the little ones, mm-hmm. zero to two, um, largely because mm-hmm. pre-verbal children do not experience the world uh, in the way that we do. They We process things through language and thought um, because language mm-hmm. informs thought they can't do it that way. So they experience things through the, their physical kind of um, physical experience, their physical environment. So sensory stuff's really great. Um, and so many daycares don't necessarily know this, um, but thankfully the ones who I work mm. with do know this and appreciate it. And so I go in and I work with the little ones and we play and we do really like sensory rich stuff. And the thing that like, it's funny and I wonder if you feel the same so often I'm like, oh, I'm not doing anything important. And then you get in and you're like, oh, no, all of this is backed by decades of experience and research and evidence. And I, I know what I'm doing. And I'm there's so much of what I know and what I do that I assume is common knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reminded that, oh, no, not everyone knows this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's a real honor to be able to impart some of it to the educators and the teachers in the rooms. Mm-hmm. This happens to me literally every day on both TikTok and oh, whenever I meet with my students, like I'm just like, oh, wow, I know things. I know things I can teach you. Yeah. <laughs> like, when did I get good enough to be able to explain what a general linear mixed model does with random intercepts and random slopes? Like, what? Anyways. Um, See, I told you she was the stats with. <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah. Speaking of sensory stuff, did you see my stories on Instagram mm-hmm. last night? I 
did. I was oh so because I've seen that. Um, I was at the potion, little potion co. Something. Sorry, we need to put yeah, some context into that. this. So last night I put up yes. a series of stories. So. How do we make this story short? Basically, my daughter's been having trouble going back to kindy since our very long overseas trip, which we haven't talked to you about yet, but I promise we will. Um, but basically, she's having a really hard time like separating from me. So what we've been doing is kind of like planning our afternoon's activities in the morning so that she has something really exciting to look forward to. And it also gives me a structure for like things that like I know I can then connect with my child at the end of the day, even when I'm exhausted and tired. Like it gives you that little bit of motivation. And it's usually um, potions. Uh, is her request every morning, basically. Um, and when she says potions, she means these little kits that Little Potion Co. sent us. They gifted them to us, which was very, very sweet. Um, and they are literally the most whimsical, beautiful things I have ever seen. You make like, you've got this little like, I don't know, there's these powders and then you have these liquids and you pour the liquids into the powders and they fizzle up and then they become this like beautiful incandescent glittering like broth and they've got all these different like potions for different things and like they've got little affirmation cards it's just so cute and just I love them that's all I have to say so cool yeah no I've seen them in some of my ads the other one that I so I know that you say that when it runs out you're in trouble um and I wanted to tell you about um I haven't got it yet because Timo's not actually it's so funny he's not actually into sensory play what Um, we have very different children I know. It's so amusing. Um, this is like literally what I do for a living, but it's not really his vibe. Yeah. He prefers trucks and Lego. Yeah, that's fair. Mm, um, fair. The, sand, the sand pit is kind of his main sensory mm. play. Yeah. Um, fair. And that's kind of, and then nature play. But um, yeah. I don't have to, but he does, like in terms of like setups, yeah. like um, it's just, he's not that into it. I can get out a sensory box that will occupy um, like most, not most, but some toddlers for like, 30 40 minutes oh that's a long time like well I know because I because I create very wonderful you are very brilliant aren't you (laughs) um I didn't didn't set that compliment up for myself (laughs) um but but no he'll be like five minutes have a look at everything be like oh yeah that's cool next yeah um and I have like in, in when I go to my centers like I've got kids in some of the rooms that it's just not their vibe and they kind of have a look and then come back which is fine but he's one of those ones. He'd be the kind of kid who'd be like, oh, yeah, this is, okay, now I'm going to go play in the sandpit, which is fine. But it's ironic for sure. What was I going to say? But I looked these up and I haven't bought them only because it's not really Timo's vibe. But I wanted to share them with you. They mm. are called, um, so Curious Me is yep. the company. They're actually mm-hmm. down your way. I know they are. They've been in um, contact with me. We've yeah. been trying to set up a time when I can go and, like, see their actual sessions. And I keep being like, oh. Yeah, Available. Yeah, I know they are. They're, Anyways, yeah, yeah, I've met them um, a couple of times at various like workshops and panels, oh. and we were on a um, a the, um, what's it called a conference panel together. And oh, and cool. in particular, is the main one I got to speak with because um, it's two sisters that run this thing, and they're the coolest. Mm. Um, but they've put out together a Halloween pack, which is called the Hocus Pocus oh, Explorer Pack. Yeah, and they've got like wands and like potions and fizzle dust. Anyway, so. Yeah, it could totally be a vibe. I mean, my daughter's favorite time of year that she talks about all year—the one thing she always wants to watch on TV, anything like that—is Halloween. It's literally Amazing. her obsession. Like, I'm like, "What about your birthday?" And she's like, "When's Halloween?" And I was like, "It's after your birthday." And she's like, "Can it be Halloween?" And it's like, oh. <laughs> "Like, okay, it's why so Halloween? Like, why? Why my my scary loving child?" Well, <laughs> I saw that because um, it was Book Week in Australia recently, mm-hmm. which is where children basically spend a week dressing up as book characters yes. and celebrating reading and all those kinds of things. They do. Timo didn't want to dress up. That's fine. I, which is totally fine. <laughs> but I like, I didn't. Again, I know that that's not really his kind of thing. Yeah. But I had like costumes in case he was. Oh interested. yeah. All of the other kids and I was like, so I had them in his bag and he was just not his thing. But I saw that Sienna really got into it. She did. Lots of costumes, which was. Awesome. She had Spider-Man on day one and she was a fairy on day five. And that's just basically her vibe every week. Like she, the other day, <laughs> she went to kindy wearing a Wonder Woman dress with a digger shirt underneath. This morning, Very he cool. went with a cement truck shirt um, and pink runners. So she just, she has her own vibe. And um, some mornings she looks like the most beautiful, like, fairy tale loving little girl 
Other days it looks like I haven't actually fed her or brushed her hair. Um, and she's <laughs> rough and tumble, like looks like she's been climbing in the mud. Um, so I do wonder what the, the, the caregivers at uh, the daycare think of her and me more accurately. Um, but, you know, we let her be her. Her new thing, however, oh, for sure. is braids. She wants now, nice. no, but this is terrifying. She's getting so good at reasoning and like understanding cause and effect and things like that, as she should be. She's almost three, but um, I've learned how to do braids, um, and she's very graciously let me learn um, because I'll ask her every morning, "What kind of hairstyle do you want today? Like, what do you want me to do with your hair? We need to pull it up. It needs to get out of your face. So, like, we have to do it." She's got like one of those hairlines where the hair goes forwards. Like from the back of her head, it pushes <laughs> forwards, which means she's just always got hair in her eyes. Um, so she started saying braids. And I'm like, wow, you really like braids. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, why do you like braids? And she's like, because I get to watch YouTube. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Yep. So now yep. <laughs> sometimes it'll just be really inappropriate times of the day. Like it'll be almost bedtime. And she's like, can I have braids? I'll be like, what you're really asking yeah. is, can I, I watch YouTube? YouTube? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Timo's similar. So uh, I we co-sleep in that um, I start the night in my bed and then oh, yeah. sometime between 12 and 3 a.m. Yeah. He wakes up and calls for me mm-hmm. um, and I go in. But so he wakes up in the morning and Typically, it's earlier than I would like because um, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. And I usually cajole him back into bed. But he started, so he's potty training himself now. Mm. And so he started saying, Mommy, I need to use the toilet. And I was like, Damn it. You know I'm going to get up. That's what you, and so, and then we hop up, we, we get up, we go to the toilet. And he goes, Oh, there's no, there's no wee coming. Like, Rat bag. <laughs> I love it. I love how smart I they are. Oh, I know. and I can't not ignore it because the like the time that I ignore it and decide that he's just tricking me is the time that we all get covered in urine. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, I can ignore the braid thing for that very reason. I'd be like, no, we're not having braids. It is eight p.m. at night. We're going to bed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she'll yeah, it's definitely like a thing they're doing. The thing that's like, I don't know what happened, but like basically when she wakes up now, she goes, mommy, can we play Pokemon? And like, I've got a Nintendo switch and I like showed her Pokemon one day and I love Pokemon. Like if you're a nineties kid, like, yeah, you get it. Like we love Pokemon. Um, but she literally will sit there and play it with me for like a half hour and just by, by play it with me, I mean, she tells me what Pokemon wants me to ride, which Pokemon's to catch, which moves to do. And I'm just like, is this screen time? Is it bad? There's lots of conversation. Um, it's very interactive. Like where, where does this sit on the scale of bad to good screen time? Because I'm very unsure. <laughs> oh, there's no such thing as good or bad. It's all I know, like it's morally all in neutral. moderation, all in hell. I know. It, it is. I know, but I still sit there in my head and I'm like, what where how i i think my decision is that it's the better um use of screen time because it keeps me engaged as well it's interactive there's lots of talking there's lots of touching she usually sits on my lap Um, and i like things that yeah i like things that help me get involved because i have a hard time like like if i just need a rest like cool i just need a rest but like if i want to do an activity with her I get, I have a hard time playing. Like, it's just not something I can do. I can't do imaginative play. And we now know that like my brain doesn't really do well with imaginative play. So that's cool. Um, but yeah. So one of the things I can do though, to connect with my child in a really positive way is play Pokemon with her. And I'm okay with that. So yeah. You are. That sounds awesome. It's so fun. I, mean, I, yeah. Well, no, of course it is. Like it's, you're a nerd. You're a gamer nerd. You're an IT like computer <laughs> nerd. So why not this share something you love with your child? Mm-hmm. Basically, Absolutely. I mean, I'm just stoked Alex, that she loves Alex it too. Totally. Actually, maybe Alex has been keen to get a switch for ages. Maybe I could mention this to him. Mm, um, encar- I encourage. He can't it. wait until Timo can play um, Minecraft. He's really looking forward to. Oh, cute! Um, That's a good him. game, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. it's a good game for like their abstract reasoning and all sorts of like problem solving abstract and things like that. And exactly, and there's like a whole bunch of like obviously there's the Minecraft that kids <clears throat> tend to do, which is just building stuff. It's kind of like 
computer-based Lego, but you can go really, I mean, as with anything Mm. on the internet, you can go real hardcore, like full-on engineering projects um, that require heavy neural nets and like um, means and reasoning and like, like you can buy circuitry. You have to create circuitry to make it work. I love that. So yeah, not all screen time is evil, friends. Um, In fact, some of it is very good and you probably need a little bit of it. Like this is something that is becoming a bit of a conversation now. Um, How much screen time do children need to be able to be prepared for a world that is digital? Like, yeah, that's such a good point because it's tricky, right? Because my, like I know of there's friends and family members of mine who are just, they don't really, they don't, they don't watch TV as a family. Mm -hmm. They don't really use computers except Mm. like work. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make sense in their lifestyle. So their kids aren't really engaged in that way, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Um, however, me and my husband, like we are computer people. We, as my other sister says, we internet, Mm. um, like we're heavily engaged in that way of living. Yes, we are. (laughs) Um, so Mm -hmm. like it doesn't, again, similarly, it doesn't make sense for me to not introduce those aspects of our lives to my child yeah so definitely all, like there's there's no right or wrong it's but and like similar, yeah. like there's yeah like what is it like a kid who is a farmer living off the grid who grows up to be a farmer living off the grid they probably don't need to know how to code no. um like it, it it takes all types like there are different things for different people whereas a mm. kid who wants to be a gamer or wants to be mm. a um a ux designer could be useful to have that experience yeah and look I don't think that like in the first five years nothing is integral to introduce um just hang with your kid Mm. chat to them and everything will be okay um you don't need to feel bad about anything else just let them explore the world because that first five years is you know exploring the world's probably enough for their brain but like after that I think that's when introducing introducing things like digital literacy might become important. We don't, I haven't actually done a lot of research into it, but I have seen it floating around as a big discussion at the moment, mostly in the screen time debate with infants. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. But I actually, it's this, it's a similar line of thinking. It's not digital specifically, but in terms of my husband and I have both talked about this a bit because I had these visions of sending Timo and any other children we have to some kind of, like Montessori school, but then the high school mm, that we're planning to send him to is not compatible with that kind of um, style, and it would feel cruel mm. to take him to a very non, not non-structured, but a, um, a less traditional um, schooling yeah. environment, and then to go into a much more formal schooling environment. And I don't yeah. think that would be a sensible way of things. So we are going to be doing the more traditional schooling element largely because it's just a smoother journey for him. Um, but then yeah. likewise, that, yeah, it makes me think that there's an element of you have to quote unquote learn how to sit down and pay yeah. attention, which is not conducive to the way small brains work. No, it really isn't. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it really depends on how much of a difference there is between like your primary age Montessori and your high school aged independence because high school is a different structure to primary school. There is a big transition from primary to high school just in the traditional form. Um, you do get given more independence in high school. It's just whether like it's a step back from the independence you had in a Montessori or like alternative school or whether it's a step forward and how much of a juxtaposition that is. Um, cause I've definitely heard stories of kids that went from Montessori primary to, um, mainstream secondary and had no trouble with it. Oh, of course. This is, yeah. I'm not <clears throat> saying that that by itself is a problem yeah. more that the kind of child that Timo is, mm, yeah. I think that going from, um, a style of schooling where he has a lot more control over things mm. to a situation where it's a much more, um, traditional, Mind you, this is, I'm kind of trying to imagine what the school will look like in 12 years versus mm, what it looked like point. 15 years ago when we had direct <laughs> experience with it. Yeah, there's a lot of differences there. So, 
yeah, this is all just trying to, but I wonder, have you been thinking about school at all? Like, oh, look, my husband continually reminds me that we need to get her on lists if we want to get her into a, like a private or something. And I just, I don't know. Like I, I think the kind of kid she is, obviously there's not like learning things don't really shake out until they go into more of a formal schooling environment. So like six, I think she's a more typical kid. So she'll be fine in any school and primary school. Like it really doesn't matter whether, where they go in primary, because um, as long as it's not some rigid, like you have to do this, you have to do that. Here's 500 hours of homework every night, um, which like hmm. my daughter will be doing none of anyways. Um um I think any kind of schooling will be fine it's more the secondary schooling um and that like more challenging period of life where it will be more something I consider um and I think she'll have a say in that too so in terms of primary school I don't know I'm kind of leaning towards public school even though I don't think my husband is um simply because like most academics where I work send their kids to the public schools down here and they seem to love it so you know, obviously public schooling in Australia isn't that bad. Um, and yeah, the like tricky parts are like avoiding the public schools in lower SES areas um, on the Gold Coast um, because they tend to have a lot more drugs floating around, but so too do the private schools, um, like the really fancy oh, ones. They have lots of drugs hanging around. So it's, yeah, mm, it's a later problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I just, I just um we moved we moved house recently to kind of our if not yeah. our forever home, our our for a long time home. Mm. So it's kind of the first time we've been settled enough to actually think about now that we know where we'll be living, mm-hmm. what like where where are we gonna be looking at for school? <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, on the topic of that but, I'm going to bring us back to, because it's if we've been recording for a little over half an hour, I'm going to bring us back to everything you guys missed while we were on our season break, mm. our season one to season two idea. break. Siobhan, what happened? Oh, yeah, I forget that we haven't been recording. No. <laughs> uh, anyways, Siobhan, what happened in your life between May and September? I bought a house. Yay! I feel like you talked on the podcast about yeah. how you were going to have to wait years to buy a house and then all of a sudden you bought a house. I was like, what? Oh, it felt that way. Well, it felt that way. The, we'd been so we'd been looking. We started looking in October mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. and we ended up um, buying. We got the keys in July. So we had been wow. looking for quite a while. And during that time, um, Australia and um, Brisbane, mm-hmm. the area that we are in, uh, saw a massive spike, like looking at, oh, I did. Have, we both have siblings. <laughs> yeah. My husband and I, we both have siblings who bought two, three years ago, and we were easily spending two, 300, 400 grand more than they did, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of money. And we thought we had a really Lord healthy Lord deposit and we did. Um, and you're like, oh, cool. We can't mm. buy anything. Lovely. Yeah. But we just got really lucky. We found something, um, that we really like and, it's really close to my parents, which is not what we expected to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're like a five-minute drive from my parents. Oh. We're a bit further from Alex's parents, which is a bit sad. Um, but, like, w- when there's no traffic, it's like 20 minutes, which is nothing. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, so as a result, we've been looking at schools. Um, oh, speaking – I don't know. I think I've spoken to you about this. I don't know if anything was recorded. The I've got on my Instagram some, like, bits of – stuff we did to help Timo with the mm-hmm. yes you did some things that we did very intentionally mm-hmm. um and we can talk about that in another episode mm-hmm. if we want to um but it was it was so funny he was obviously very attached to the last house because that was home um and he kept saying I don't want to go to the new house um but now he loves the new house which is good um but he recently out of nowhere just came up and said uh can we go to the dead house mummy which is not what I would have described that house. <laughs> Why is it dead? Why is it a dead house? I don't know. Oh, so morbid. It's not ours anymore. Oh, small humans are morbid. He's also, he's starting to, obviously he does not understand the concept mm. of death and he won't for many years, but he's been starting to use the word mm. um, and he'll like lie down and be like, I'm dead. <laughs> My God. <laughs> or I know, and the other day he was lying on the bed and went, Mummy, I'm not dead. I'm just lying down. Hmm. I mean, the topic of death is a really interesting one. I think, I think 
my daughter actually understands it pretty well. Um, like because oh, yeah. she, her cousin's dad died when they were like when one of them was a baby, so like four or something years ago. And so she, we talk about it all the time because she asks about it all the time. And we came across a possum on the side of the road when we were walking to kindy one day. And um <laughs> Ryan was like, Oh, it's sleeping. And I was like, it's not sleeping, it's dead. Because <laughs> like, you know, that urge to be honest and like say everything matter of fact, because no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but also, but also like it's important that kids yes. like are told matter of fact and straight. Like possums don't just lie down Absolutely. on the street in the daytime. Like I'm not gonna teach her like the wrong thing about Australian animals. Uh, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> teasing. I would have done exactly the same thing. I know. Yeah. So I was like, it's dead. Um, and she's like, why is it dead? And I was like, it's probably got hit by a car. And I think she understands it pretty well. She's like, oh, okay. And like now, like every time we walk past that spot, she's like, the dead possum's gone. And I'm like, you're right. It is. Um, and she's like, where did it go? I don't, I'm like, I don't know. The council people probably took it somewhere. And they'll, and she's like, why? And I was like, because if you leave something on the side of the road where people are walking past it and dogs are, it'll start decaying and someone will eat it and it'll make them very sick. Um, and this ties in really nicely. This is a really random episode. But in Scotland, <laughs> my husband and daughter were uh, like out strawberry picking or something, which is such a beautiful thing to do in St. Andrews. Um but yeah, they were out strawberry picking and she's like, daddy, where do you go when you die? And <laughs> I was so <laughs> proud of his response. It's like the student became the teacher uh, or out, like whatever. Like the, Yeah, you know what I mean. Student became the master. Um, and he's like, well, some people believe that when you die, um, your body stays here and then your soul or spirit or whatever goes somewhere else. And she's like, yeah, but what do you believe, daddy? I'm like, I'm also proud of, proud of her being like, daddy, you don't believe that. Um, and he's like, well, I believe that when you die, nothing happens. You don't leave your body. You just stop being. And you know how your sunflower has started to like wilt and get gross because we picked it a few days ago? That's what happens to your body. It starts to decay. <laughs> just like, wow, that's intense for a toddler. But she apparently her response was, oh, that's sad. And like moved on. She's <laughs> like, that is that is an totally. intense conversation, but I am very proud <clears throat> that that is where it went. It's so funny, right? Like, and it's like the, you end up having so many of these conversations earlier than you expect. Timo, um, I had my period recently, and Timo <laughs> saw that I had blood because I had um, uh-huh. a pad on, and he went, "Oh no, mm-hmm. mommy, you're bleeding." And I said, "Yes." He goes, "What's that for?" I said, "Well, it's like a band aid because because I'm I'm bleeding." He goes. because I teach Uh, uh, this is a thing that Alex and I constantly gripe about because vulva is the correct term but Alex is like oh just call it a vagina Mm. most people call it a vagina that's easy I'm like but it's not accurate and he's like he doesn't need (laughs) which I understand the logic but I'm still gonna call it what it's called um and then he's like from your vulva I'm like well no actually this one's from my vagina and then he went huh what's a vagina for and I went, oh, <laughs> well, multiple things. And I'm like, I'm not just going to say it's no, just for babies because no. it's not no. just for babies. And I'm like, well, it's 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 where babies come from sometimes. Sometimes they come from out through the tummy or sometimes they come through the vagina. You mm-hmm. came through my vagina. I said, it's also for pleasure, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> I love that. Because I have not prepared mm, for this Let me know when you have that conversation because we aren't there yet. We've had the period conversation because, like, toddlers top followed you to the bathroom and there is no privacy like they are going oh, yeah. to see in very explicit detail my daughter asked me if she could have a tampon and I said not until you bleed <laughs> not for a long not. time she is obsessed with them though she's fascinated but my god I mean, they, I mean cool. they are but like and she just wants to do everything that I do like we shout we I haven't had a shower alone in months like we we have a double shower, so like yeah. it's beautiful, it's luxury, like it's fine. She gets her own shower head and I get mine. But like there is no privacy. <laughs> None at all. And it's kind of okay. The more like the more you do with your kid before they go to bed, the more she's... like luxury free time you have after they go to bed, which is not anyway. <laughs> but also like she will like yeah, and if you're cool with it <clears throat> and she's cool with it, and like they'll she'll seek out her own independence mm-hmm. and privacy yeah, when she's basically. Ready. Anyways, getting back on track because we love to get off track here at Parenting Unpacked. 
Anything else that we missed between May and September for you, Siobhan? Um, I don't, I mean, yes, undoubtedly, but I don't know what. Um, <laughs> no, got nothing. No. I bought a house. We no. moved in. Um, what a quiet period things. of time for you. <laughs> I mean, it, what, I mean, I did think, I don't know, just life continued. I can't think of anything exciting yes, particularly. That's fair. My three nieces all turned one within a week of Jesus. each other. No, four. I have four, I have four nieces that turned one in the same Friend, month. that is a lot. Oh, across the span of a month. That, that, that is a lot of small humans within a small period of time. Oh, yeah. So we had lot. So we had lots of parties oh, that were chaos because yeah. that's how that works. Um, yeah, and then most of my nephews and nieces are born in winter, Australian winter, so June, July, August. Um, so it was just party central and then buying lots of presents and then Timo getting up <laughs> he didn't have nice. presents. Um, <laughs> and then him, like, finding all the presents stash that we mm. did and, um, and then demanding that he has it, um, <laughs> which uh, – Great logic. I understand it. I want things that yes. I have all the time. Um, but yes, yeah, just um, more of that. Lots of painting and fixing and scheduling tradespeople to fix mm. things and having tradespeople not yeah. return. New house course. life, hey? New old house life. Yeah, exactly. White. Mm. But yeah, what about you? Anything, <laughs> I mean, apart from your wonderful uh, trip that we will go into detail? in another future podcast and, you know, receiving yeah. an autism diagnosis that we'll talk about in a future yeah. podcast. I mean, well, I mean, that kind of sums it up. We did May, we wrapped uh, unexpectedly. And then I think around that time we went and got, I went and got a diagnosis of autism, um, which wasn't overly surprising, but like, hey, here we are. Um, and I've been slowly figuring out what that means for me and figuring it all out in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. I'm still, I need to go and find an autism therapist um, because I think I am like suffering burnout pretty bad um, on the regular because I'm always sick at the moment. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's because my mm. body cannot keep handling the way that I am trying to keep up with a neurotypical world with a neurodivergent brain. Um, so that's really um, something that I need to work on. Um, then, yeah, we went to um, Scotland three days after we'd been broken into. So I came home and there was someone in my house. Yes. <laughs> we haven't told, oh, mm. we've talked about it, of course, but wow. Okay. We've yeah. So there was a person in my house. And then three days later we went to Scotland, which was a very long set of frights for my very small human. And I spent three weeks um, at an incredible mind expanding um, summer Institute while my husband and daughter got to frolic around the Scottish countryside um, which was awesome. Um, I passed out in Scotland and on the way home, <laughs> on the plane and got wheeled through Singapore airport. That was really fun. Actually, that was pretty fun. Being wheeled through Singapore air airport and like skipping the queues was quite excellent. Um, and then we got home and within four days of getting home, we weaned, um, breastfeeding. My nearly three-year-old and I weaned um, and it was far far easier than I thought it would be um the only side effect was that she felt um a bit uneasy about our relationship and didn't really want to be separated from me at all but that also could have been the fact that she just spent four weeks off kindy um and she's also dropping her day nap uh, when she's with us and while she was in Scotland she didn't need a day nap um and now she doesn't have one when she's on the weekend with us at kindy she still does have like a 20 minute one because that white noise apparently gets her every time she told me. Um, and every <laughs> single other child in her daycare center naps, including all the children in the older rooms in the pre-prep room. So yeah, she's just, and it's really hard to get her. So I've stopped breastfeeding her to sleep. And now she goes to sleep just by us reading books. And she eventually flutters her eyes closed after the third or 70th book, um, depending on whether she's had a nap that day. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, I think that's everything. Oh, oh, in that case, it's see, not so much better I remembering things. I've forgotten. Yeah. So we, oh, we, um, oh no, sorry, you do your last thing. Oh yeah. Um, I, what else did I do? I went to Sydney with TikTok. Um, 
for some TikTok event for NADOC week. That was fun. That was a there and back in one day kind of thing. And that made me really sick uh, and exhausted afterwards. I wonder why. Um, And then like the next week I went to Canberra um, because I won an award for science communication. um, And I had that award presented at Parliament House, which is really fun. Um, And yeah, now I think I'm done. Now I think that's everything. I'm about to go to Canberra again at the end of the month, but like oh, yeah. that's for later. Yeah. Oh, nice. So yeah, what did you forget? Um, so I've remembered all the things that I've like, <laughs> yeah, I mean everything. Um, so we've uh, been toilet that's training, right. Timo. The yeah, so that he kind of initiated that. My plan was to do it and mm-hmm. wait until summer. Um, mm-hmm. when things were warmer. He started um, in the coldest <laughs> week of the year. Um, I love it. And insisted on wearing, only, yeah, insisted on wearing only shorts everywhere, despite it mm-hmm. being like five degrees. Um, and that's going really well. He's like champ with shoes oh, are a bit more mm. challenging, but that mm-hmm. isn't that the truth. Um, so we're navigating that. He um, stopped napping <laughs> in like yeah maybe May. Um, so he doesn't I'm nap so jealous. with us at all. Um, no. It's terrible. Yeah. We've talked about this off um, recording. You're jealous. I <laughs> hate it um, because I, I love, I prefer a later bedtime yeah. because it works with our lifestyle better. Um, so I would prefer kind of an 8 o'clock, 8.30 mm. bedtime because then that gives me an hour or two. Um, whereas at the moment, although that's shifted as well, but yeah, he still naps at day oh. end, So um, I'm guessing, oh, yeah, it's a mixture of peer pressure and that white um, noise not peer pressure <laughs> but like as in it's everyone dark, else is doing it's it calm, it's just the rhythm of the day and he's a more um he's not a highly sensitive child but he's kind of slow to warm apparently they call them orchids. tulips so oh like, slow to warm is no tulip. orchids are oh, highly sensitive so yeah, many flowers so we can talk about that another time yeah so he um finds he enjoys the hubbub of like the busyness of lots of other children but he finds it a quite overwhelming which same buddy same me too (laughs) um exactly so I think he just gets a lot more tired but when he's with us or with his granny um or on the weekend it is a no nap day and I just get tired and I I love um, I would nap every day if I could and so when he naps I nap and it's great and now that's fair isn't this just like the perfect example of like children's sleep and like whether we find it good or bad really depends on our own lifestyles and like the fact that like the same exact child mm. can be desirable for some people and non-desirable for others and like that's why people like why people are trying to train their kids out of the way they sleep has got more to do with the person that's parenting them than the child themselves and it's just like oh so many societal expectations and beliefs and it's just you know do what works for you and your family um I want a child that doesn't nap during the day because then she'll go to bed earlier at night because I go to bed really early and like basically at the moment she goes to bed and then we go straight to bed and then she wakes us up in the morning so we get no time alone together ever. Um, She sleeps like 10 hours total a day on a good day. Like I want want one of those kids that sleeps, sleeps seven to seven. Yeah, they don't exist. They do. PDFs about them. I see them on social media, like you know, social comparison. We've talked about. No, but social comparison is rife. It's there's a whole. It's it's a studied, well studied phenomenon. Social comparison is what ruins mental health, and that's kind of the problem at the moment. Um, (laughs) And why I'm trying to unpack it by like telling everyone that my toddler only sleeps nine or ten hours a night, and that is exhausting. Um, But also, you've just got to kind of. Learn to hang out with your kid. <laughs> well, that's kind of the way. I mean, it does get easier as they get older. At least I have found that because there yes. is, it's a bit easier to be like, no, I need time away from you. You go sit over there and I'll go sit over here. Does he actually let you do that though? Because if I say that, oh, no, she gets even ridiculous. more like she, she clings on tight. Or if I say I need some time apart, she she gets even clingier. No, usually I just tap Alex in. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. We tap each other in. Does Timo yeah. have a favorite, very, or is he like very? Um, oh, that's beautiful. I, I know. Jealous. So it's it's really great. I love it. I like. I don't think it's anything <clears throat> we've done per se. I mean, it helps that Alex has always worked from home. Yeah, so he's always there. Yeah, um, and the kind of work he does is very plausible. 
mm-hmm. in that That's if nice. Timo really needs him, he can stop doing what he's doing and then pick it up later. Wow. Um, That's some not, serious not patience and like ability yeah. to switch your ta- brain from one task to another. Wow. Exactly. And he's really good at that, so which hard. is great. Yeah. Um, but it's been like he he has he has preferences for different activities. So if he's hurt himself, it's almost always me. Yeah. Um, or if he really like wants kind of um, high energy play, it's Alex, mm-hmm. which is awesome. That's how that works. Yeah. But like often if he's sad or lonely, he says his refrain is mummy, daddy, mummy, daddy, mummy. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, yeah. So it's really sweet. Um, and kind of where, we're not like we're not interchangeable, but as in, if one of us is not available, he'll usually be fine with the other. He needs me to go to sleep mm-hmm. um, and kicks Alex out of the room by saying goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> Good night, Daddy. Go away, Daddy. Um, we've told him that it's not polite to say go away and that he has to say mm, goodnight. Yeah. Um, but and then there's been a few instances where Alex has had to put him to sleep, and mm-hmm. it's worked some of the time. Mm. Um, but often he'll, he knows that I'm, I'll be done in a bit. So he'll just stay awake until I'm ready. Um, wow. Like a, like a, like a workshop or a seminar or something that I'm delivering. But oh. yeah, look, we're very different. Our kids are very different because <laughs> Absolutely. I am children are. such a, I'm such a favorite that like, this is ruthless. My poor husband, that my daughter gets excited when my husband goes away, because it means that I am like all hers and like my, like he won't help with all. He won't even, he can't offer to take her out and like do things with her while I stay at home. Like she's just like, mom is finally all mine. And I don't have this intrusion by dad. Like, and it's just, I'm just like, are you sad that dad's gone? And she's like, no. And I'm like, what, how are you feeling? She's like, happy. I'm like, why? And she's like, I get to be with mommy. And it's like, you're with me anyways. Like, (laughs) <laughs> but more of my attention, I guess, is on her when when dad's not home. And then I just like sit there and I'm like, you want a sibling? If you want a sibling, yeah. what do you think it's going to happen to me? <laughs> As you were saying this, I'm like, she she does not want a sibling. She doesn't want a sibling. She, she does. No, it's just like, it's insane how heavy the favoritism is skewed towards me. And hey, it's probably because my husband's away one to two weeks of the month. Like, but like still like I would love a break and I literally cannot ever get one she will chuck a tantrum every time he tries to take her to a playground without me and she gets real sad and she's like mommy come it's like why like once we get there you and dad are gonna play and I'm just gonna sit in the corner like anyways such is life no well we we went through a very short period of that around 12 months oh yeah Um, when you weaned lasted about it wasn't weaning related oh. actually. Um, but yeah, cause we, we did wean around that time, but I know it wasn't weaning related because mm-hmm. it continued past that. Yeah. And it was so wean, our weaning situation was so very different weird in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Weird like in a good he way. Asked, we weaned and he asked for it once and I said no. And then that's all, that's how that went. Never again. So fantastic. So like strange. Just- Wow. Like some kids wean themselves. Some kids wean that easily. My daughter would not have at 12 months, my daughter would have screamed until I gave it to her. Um, And if that meant days of screaming, it would have happened. She would have screamed for days. Mm -hmm. She can outlast me. Like this is, Mm. she can outlast me. And this is, this is the problem, but they don't tell you, Hey, that you, you can't not like, yeah. yeah. Not everyone has the stamina to last for days and days and days. Yes. And like, I have a lot of stamina. Like I am a very, very patient parent. If you've ever seen me handle a tantrum in public, which I'm sure some people like on here have, like I always get, like always get hit up at like shopping centers now and being like, Hey, I love your content. So I'm sure people have watched me handle tantrums in public. I am a very patient person and I cannot handle prolonged screaming because I worry for her health. Like I am actually genuinely worried that that level of screaming for that long is going to make her feel ill because like if I cried for that long, I think I would make myself vomit and like, yeah, it kind of gets the empathy part of me. Like it doesn't make me like snap and yell at her. It makes me be like, oh, you're going you're gonna to feel really bad soon. Like let's try and like walk it back. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's kind of, that's the point of crying, right? <clears throat> like it's designed yes, it is. as an evolutionary response to appeal to each other for help. Mm. 
doesn't it just put us into fight or flight mode? Whew. Anyways, Siobhan, well, on that cheery note, it's been an hour. We should probably stop babbling. I don't really know yeah. what we're doing anymore. Um, how about Did we ever? let's end let's end the episodes just just randomly coming up with this because we've done absolutely no prep, which is you know carrying on from the vibe of season one um, is not preparing anything for episodes. Let's do let's end our episodes with a fun fact Friday, even though it's Tuesday that we're recording this and probably releasing it. We'll do a fun fact Friday because um, who cares what day of the week it is? We're going to call it Fun Fact Friday. Um, my Fun Fact Friday is that research on like, so they did this research on a bunch of like professional athletes, right? Um, to figure out like what kind of approach um, raises a professional athlete is it one where you like get the kid in really early and make them focus on that sport and only that sport or is it another approach and it turns out that the athletes that um get to the peak of a sport are those that started their sport that they end up in later and who mm. play a range of different sports throughout their childhood um and that the children who are put into sport really early and are only allowed to like train on that sport and nothing else, they're the ones that burn out and never actually make it to that professional peak of sport. So the old like tiger mum um, mm. adage doesn't doesn't seem to be effective at producing um, elite sportsmen um, at all. That makes total sense. I know sense. it does. It's the same it's with like, like prodigious children. Yeah. yeah, so much of it is a mental game. Yeah, that you need to be mentally robust mm-hmm. to perform at that level because it, by definition, requires a lot of mm-hmm. failure to succeed. Yeah. Um. So it makes sense that to be old enough and well-rounded enough to handle those kinds of upsets. Exactly. And then not have it define you. Yeah, but also like to like have experience playing a whole bunch of different sports makes you a well-rounded sportsman. Um, It doesn't burn out your passion by feeling like you're being like pushed into it, which is all the things that we see with children who are prodigies. Um, Most children who are prodigies don't end up being like field revolutionizing um, innovators like Elon Musk or whatever. Um, they end up burning out really early because of the external pressures and the like withdrawal of like praise and things like that. But anyways, that's my random fact for Fun Fact Friday. What's your Fun Fact Friday? I mean, I just saw a reel um, that you did on breastfeeding. And, no, not breastfeeding. Um, peanuts or yeah, peanut allergies and pregnancy. Oh, Fun yeah, Fact Friday. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Fun Fact Friday, peanuts. So um, it was kind of inspired by well, firstly, I had someone reach out and ask me whether or not there was based any evidence based mm-hmm. on it um, because they'd been told by someone to avoid peanuts so the little one didn't have an allergy. But my one of my nieces has a severe peanut allergy oh. and has an EpiPen, which is sad. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, her mum's a nurse, so she's well and truly on top of it, yeah. which is good. Um, but basically the, the thing was that does eating peanuts in pregnancy – increase the risk of your child developing a peanut allergy and the answer is no um of not. there's no evidence yeah of course not there's no evidence for that at all there is the only evidence regarding your child's allergy is that if you have a food allergy mm. the chance of your child also having a food allergy yeah is got a lot of genetic. But, the, but, but which food allergy it is it doesn't matter oh it's an immune response oh so you yeah. have a more reactive so, immune system yeah exactly oh, cool it de- so whatever the whatever the trigger is is not particularly relevant. Yeah. Is that your immune system is reactive, uh-huh. and so like I could be highly allergic to egg, and the increased risk. Timo's not at an increased risk to have an egg allergy per se. He's just at an increased risk to have an allergy of something. Yeah, right. Um, I don't have an egg. You allergy. have a celiac. I have. Yeah, celiac is that an allergy? Disease. Yeah, which is an aut- so it's not an allergy. Mm. It's an autoimmune. Okay. Um, cause it's not, I'm not actually allergic to gluten. I'm allergic to the enzyme that your body makes oh, to break down gluten. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm attacking my own cells Fun. as opposed to the gluten itself. Wonderful. Yeah, isn't that mm. great? Okay. Um, so he has a, a, a much higher risk of developing yeah. that. Um, the advice at this stage is to, in the event that he needs a blood test, then just to add yeah. um, celiac to see on whether or not he has the gene. Because if he doesn't have the gene, Woo-hoo. there's no risk of developing it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So fingers crossed that's what happened. Yeah. 
but we haven't needed a blood test yet, so we'll find out, and I'll keep you updated. Well, Siobhan, that is wonderful. We've um, done our impromptu Fun Fact Friday. We have filled everyone in on all the things they've missed since our um, unexpected Season 1 wrap and our... Um, Surprise season two, season two. <laughs> joining. Where none of us thought we were coming back, but here we are. I'm so proud of us. Um, so, yeah, I guess we will catch everyone in the next one. No idea what the next one's on, but, you know, we're working on it. So we'll let you know when we know, which is probably once we've recorded it. Anyways, <laughs> see you later. Bye. Have a great time. <laughs> Bye.